I just can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. I am McLovin. You do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Glass 8 Film Club podcast. Yes, we're here. We've got films to review. Of course we have. And as always, we're enthusiastic to dive into this week's review. I am joined by the enigmatic, the passionate film reviewer. It's the man himself. It's Callum. How are you doing today? And welcome. Thanks for joining me again, Callum. What an introduction. Thank you very much. Enigmatic. Love it. Uh, (laughs) I love waiting until the very specific moment when I need to deliver that and seeing what word I feel fits you right in that moment. And today it was enigmatic. I mean, yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll definitely go with that. I'm good. I'm good. The um, the the chance of sitting in a in a pub is getting ever closer. Oh, tantalising. Um, yeah, indeed. The stay at home order will have ended in the next two weeks, so I'll be able to move somewhere that isn't my couch or the bed or a walk around the block. So that's that's good. Um. Went for a massive walk again, though. Uh, the listeners are probably getting a bit bored of seeing how, well, how many steps I've done. This is an ongoing subplot of the podcast, and I'm I'm well invested in it now. Twenty the walks of Callum. Twenty-one thousand steps I did. I uh, I went I went and explored um, uh, the Georgian Liverpool, which was nice. Um, went up to the Georgian Quarter, and the road has been the road has been weathered, and you can see the old. Uh, track lines which is really as a history nerd was actually quite uh, nice to see because you can see all the old gas lamps as well I was just like oh this is this is lovely um, but I still miss the pub dearly yes I mean a combination of the history and the pub would be ideal but the minute you can mm. settle for one of them and it sounds delightful the walk you went on thanks for updating us on it I think there could be a nice bit of merch put together in the future where a map is drawn of all the walks Callum's been on throughout the weeks mm. and we can give routes, we can show them and you'll be able to get that off the website for only nine ninety nine. That sounds like something that could be perfect. I think we'll work towards that. We'll get a graphic designer in. You can liaise with them. Before you know it, we'll have a lovely bit of signage. Just a picture of my face on a, on a, on a, on a T-shirt. Who wouldn't want that? Exactly, who wouldn't want that? That's just what I was thinking. Anyway, let's move on from the walks, as I'm sure you'll have a lot more to tell us about next week. But what we have today for you is another film to review. And we thought we'd mix it up slightly this week. We've been giving you fictional, standard filmmaking over the last few months. Some great films, some not so great. But today we're going for a documentary. We've only reviewed one documentary before. That was Fire. That was quite a while ago. And that was a lot to chat about on it. I really enjoyed that one. But we're back on the documentary scene today. And the documentary we are chatting about is called Amy. 2015 release directed by Asif Kapadia. This is about Amy Winehouse. So it was released four years after her death. If you don't know about Amy Winehouse... She was a famous uh, British singer, became very big in pop circles after starting off as a jazz singer, but uh, sadly died in 2011. She had a lot of issues with drugs, depression, but I think eventually died um, due to 
uh, issues with alcohol. But this is all depicted in the documentary. Very hard-hitting documentary. Heartbreaking at times. And I'll relay this to you as we get into the conversation. But the documentary essentially relays Amy Winehouse's life from just as she gets into music around 16, 17, 18, getting her first record deal, and then the years leading up to her death when she was 27 in 2011. It shows her music, of course, which shows how her career developed very quickly. A lot of uh, home footage is in there, and that kind of underpins it all. That's definitely the source material for all this. There's a lot of kind of like home movie footage that's been filmed on low-budget cameras, her manager, her husband, all filmed this, and this kind of gives that personal insight into it. And there's a lot of interviews from contributors, but the key in this, the you never see the contributors actually being interviewed. You just hear the audio. It's a very audio and lyrically-based documentary. It focuses on that, especially in her music. So it digs into that, goes into great depth into her troubles, but her joys and what she loved about music and her personality and how she managed to craft such great art pulls from so many different places. It's a very comprehensive dive into her life, but also I think it really teases out some big issues, not that she just had personally, but that affected her and contributed to basically her spiraling lifestyle from the media, the press, the public, and other influences on her life. There's a lot going on in this. I can see why it got an unbelievable reaction at the time because it's pretty astounding what it covers, not just what you learn about Amy Winehouse and her life and career, but what it actually tells you about wider society going on at the time. So much to take from this, so much to cover. It's just over two hours, so it really gets into it. Of course, me and Callum have watched it, we've felt it, we've dived into it, now we're ready to have a chat about it. But straight away, Callum, off the back of watching this two-hour documentary, what were your initial thoughts and feelings after seeing it? Well, yeah, I mean, I said off off mic that um, I'd never actually... I didn't know anything about Amy Winehouse. Um, obviously, I'd knew... I'd heard the song Rehab on, on the radio and stuff, and it didn't really gel with me at first. Um, so I kind of just didn't really listen to it um i was kind of when when she was performing i was kind of into sort of green day and that type of those circles i just wasn't really into it but the thing that which i, I guess kind of helped helped my sort of the analysis of the film really because the fact that i didn't know anything about her i, I went in there with no sort of knowledge i didn't even know how she died um i loved the thing that i the first thing that struck me about the film was that i love the sort of the kaleidoscopic montage the, of how the documentary was was filmed, like it starts off with sort of home footage when she's quite young and um, quite vulnerable, I guess, and then it moves forward into so rather than being filmed at home with home cameras and stuff, she's then filmed with press photography and press footage, um, and we see that sort of development of her as a as a human sort of and then how it transcends into her being seen as product and as seen as an object and how she sort of came of age in a sort of a you know in the Camden scene in London in the sort of early 2000 2004 um I really liked the fact that it that that, that montage that merging of different footage I thought it really really helped the us as an audience see the development of her as a as a, a young woman sort of transitioning from a 
a teenager into a young woman. I thought that was quite powerful in that respect. It also emphasised the vulnerability of her as a as a young woman as well, I think. To see how she started off, sort of fruitful, full of life, really, really funny as well, lovely. And then to see her, those photographs of her when she um, got addicted to crack cocaine and heroin. Um, and then again, sort of, the when it was uh, juxtaposed with people in the in the media taking the mick out of her as well, um, all that montage of different footage I think really really helped, and the fact that the her lyrics were on the screen as well. There's no actual interview like Phil, like we said again off mic, didn't we, about how there's no actual interviews with her um, or people in 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 her life. You just hear their voices, their audio, and I think it just added to the the the, the journey that the film puts forward in terms of seeing Amy as a as a human being I think I thought it was really powerful like kaleidoscopic element to it yeah and what you were saying there about the kind of the footage that you used the home footage is really powerful because obviously it gives that personal insight but it adds that level of innocence to a personality which I think this film flips between the public persona um private persona but also what she was turned into through going through her career and the process of that against what she kind of was at her core and this kind of pure artist who had big views and visions and things like that but you know was troubled at the same time but i also look like how that home footage cuts against the like you said the footage of actual performances, but interviews at awards, ceremonies and things like that. High quality footage, but that is still kind of behind the scenes stuff. So, for example, um, there's some interview footage where she is kind of taking a mick out of the interviewer a little bit. And it's obviously stuff that wouldn't be in the main cut, but there's behind the scenes stuff there. But it's still from that time. And what that does is, yes, it gives that juxtaposition to the home movie footage, but it also reiterates that point in how her life and personality was formed in the public eye and in many ways manipulated and molded by the public or by that kind of machine of the industry which really helps to deliver that point that i think is at the core of the film of showing how something so pure in within her at the beginning was pushed down and the troubled side of her was really fuel added to it rather than obviously everybody wants it to be the other way around in life, the beautiful element of life to blossom and the troubled elements to be dealt with and, you know, um, cured and, and helped out in the best way possible. But in many ways, her career, the people around her towards the end and also the public did it the other way around and let those kind of demons get the better of her but just the main reaction for me after this film was just how heartbreaking it was mm. i knew a bit about amy winehouse going into it i'd probably listen to more of her music than you had so i had a feel of the style and genre didn't know too much about her jazz roots and that was fascinating to look into and i think that just added to show how much of her pure artistry really existed but also my view and my kind of perception of Amy Winehouse's public persona was somebody who was a drug addict, alcoholic, was always in the press, 
for negative reasons. That was my kind of view of it. And this documentary, I knew it was going to go through that, but I just thought it was just going to be a story of how somebody basically became a drug addict, it got the better of them, and this is how it happened, which it is. But it's so much more cutting than that. Like, firstly, seeing this happen and the reason why, reasons why that does happen and did happen to her, and how she wasn't helped in the best way possible just seeing that play out through those different visual elements that were described is that's the heartbreaking element it got me so viscerally i didn't expect it to cut me in such a way because it is shown her downfall in all those elements and that's the bit that cut me so much and it also made me give a kind of self-reflection on my own perceptions so this would have all happened 15 years ago maybe so we would have been both young but i was still aware of this at the time and there was a clip it shows in it from frankie boyle making a joke about amy winehouse when it was mm. given an example of the media it was kind of the thing to mock amy winehouse and i remember thinking that at the time and like oh yeah amy winehouse you know trashy singer isn't she and you know falling into that perception that was given in the media so maybe that's why they cut me in many ways because it it reminded me that I fell into that mindset and how easily people's mindsets are shaped towards others, especially those in the public eye. But then when it lifts up the lid on it, I don't even lift the lids. It was all playing out in the public. It just really shows it for what it is. There's something really horrible going on in terms of she was being pushed, not necessarily on purpose, sometimes in purpose, but because of the way her career was crafted in a direction that was only bad for her and led to negative effects and it was just so cutting in that way to see that happen in the raw way that it did when she had and was something so beautiful at the beginning not saying that she didn't have that within her and she wasn't at the end but that was pushed down and and the negative side of her was really added to for whatever reason whether that be for the press to heighten the story or whether it just be a, a product of the commercial machine of the music industry that she went through but that was the saddening bit and it just left me feeling quite empty after watching it which i found really sad um, yeah indeed i mean like the the thing is as well like it, it's a story about vulnerability as well like um it's 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 obviously quite critical of the music industry it's very critical of the press um but it, i think also why it's so hard hitting is because as the film goes on a sort of a disassociation occurs between people that had the, her best interests initial earlier on in her career like there's a purity there people care and then as time goes on it's all about how where when particularly when money and contracts are involved and stuff she became more of a product really in in the sort of in the music industry, but what I think the film does quite nicely is that it reminds us of her human factor. I think yeah. because like addiction is in this in, in this instance, it, it's so hard hitting and it's so um, unapologetic in how it portrays the 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 impact of it that addiction can have on the body. Like there's there's pictures when there's the sort of pictures when she's um looking really really thin and you can clearly clearly see that um she's um she's she's poorly 
and it's not just addiction in terms of drugs it's alcohol sort of it addresses the her sort of bulimia as well and um i think it's it i think it adds the human factor to it rather than just seeing her as a story or seeing her as this mm-hmm. sort of image this object to sort of point fun at um she's seen more as the music the music industry and the people around her and the commercial the commercialization of her music it became product um and but while the film does it, it makes her a human but the thing there is also that makes it brings the human factor back is that she's such she was such a diverse talent as well like it had her roots in jazz and soul and sort of hip-hop as well and how she was in camden as well sort of embracing the new sort of indie guitar music like the libertines in particular like there's there's that aspect to it as well i mean ultimately when she moves to camden it's when you know she gets involved in these sort of intense party scenes and that's when we the film implies that we can see a, a kind of like um uh da- downfall is the wrong word but certainly a sort of um uh a predilection for um oblivion from an alcoholic alcohol or drug perspective i mean i do just want to touch on really quickly um about sort of gender as well because we spoke about this off mic about how um like at the time again i was kind of into sort of loud guitar music so i was a big well i am a big fan of oasis um and when they were taking loads of drugs and sort of telling people to f off and things like that it was reported critically in the press but it only in that sort of obsession with cocaine and stuff and crystal meth enhanced their public image like um particularly because like there's this the supersonic documentary for example that's direct that's produced by the same guy he goes on to talk about how when they were taking crystal meth in la it was it was kind of funny and you can laugh at it and they were seen as like cool britannia they were invited to downing street and it was like you know this defining a generation this sort of like rebirth of british guitar music and they didn't break up till 2009 or 2010 i think it was um but then when you know a bunch of lads do it from a council estate it was kind of like oh this is this is defining a generation but then when a woman does it particularly in this instance it's seen as destroying that generation she's painted as being this sort of um out of control and she becomes a figure of fun whereas i don't and whereas when oasis did it when a man did it it was kind of like oh this is this is funny this is this they're just sticking it to the man they're anti-establishment i thought that was quite uh an interesting dynamic in how she was reported in that respect and i think the film the while the documentary does is it it kind of puts all these things on the table and lets the viewer make their own sort of um their own uh analysis of that yeah i i get that point i think that's a really good observation Callum, in terms of the perception of they were both coming from a similar angle, Oasis and Amy Winehouse, and not necessarily consciously, but they were both coming from that, like you said, working class, separate for the usual establishment, but better than many people within it in terms of the talent. And Oasis really rolled off that, like you said, as a power behind them. Bit sticking it to the man, but also like, this is our generation. You know what? We can do better in this country just by doing the way we are. And it'd be kind of... Yeah, they took a lot of criticism for what they did, but it was their power that they could do all that and still have a career. And I fully get what you mean with in the terms of Amy Winehouse. She was looked at to be everything that's wrong with a generation. Oh, how is somebody who behaves like this allowed to be famous and set an example to people? And the fact that she was a woman meant she had less power 
than Oasis to actually do something and rewrite a story. And I think less desire to at any point in those interviews or any of the footage that it shows, there's no suggestion that she wanted to be anything more than mm. what she was in terms of an artist sharing this talent and these thoughts and feelings she had, which were so beautiful and resonated with people, but she just wanted to put that out there. It's the path of a career that puts her in that position. So in that way, she was exposed and, as you said, vulnerable to whatever attack she took on because she had no reason or want to go and defend herself and and make a bigger point than anything she was so she was just kind of a sitting duck in that terms and i think yeah it's a really good observation from you in terms of the gender relation to that one how what that takes me into are my thoughts is how it shows this documentary how the industry um not necessarily all the people in the industry but how the industry's set up stripped the humanity from her and her act so when i say her act i mean her performing self the type of music she put across her performance but also her as a person and how she behaves in the private life because this crept into her private life probably crept isn't a bad word you know it stormed into her private life and made her private life the public life and everything to do with that and I don't want this to be a rant about sticking it to a man and saying, oh, if you're an artist that becomes famous, you're no longer an artist anymore. Right, that argument, as much as there's credibility to it, has been tried and tested for times <laughs> gone by. What I'm saying here and what I found just really poignant and cutting about the film is that it just showed a girl who had no desire to be rich and famous but had a real desire and there's a great interview with her at the beginning where she's talking about someone asked her what is success to you and she says success to me is the ability to just go to the studio when I want and record and be able to play a gig when I want to and work with anyone that I want to that's success to me not making lots of money getting number ones and things like that but obviously to get that freedom she had to be within the industry who do value success in the ways that she didn't value success. So then had to pursue those other metrics of success, which led her into this. And it just shows that path where she kind of, it tips a little bit and she stumbles into this big limelight from her internal success. And this happens with a lot of bands and artists. Yes, they have success from very artistic project. They go into the mainstream. But this really stripped the humanity away from her. And yes, does for a lot of bands and artists, but I think a lot are wary of it and accept the sellouts, quotation marks, in terms of, okay, we'll make a lot of money if we're making mainstream stuff. But to Amy Winehouse, it just was a product of what she was doing. She still wanted to do the things that were true to her. But in order to pursue those, the industry she was in took those away from her. And to, to see this happen, this type of stripping of the humanity and purity of both her as a human and her as an artist was so saddening but sickening at the same time and one of the scenes that really got me was when she won a grammy for the best record and she was up against jay-z beyonce justin timberlake the foo fighters you know absolute titans of the industry and this is the bit that actually made me tear up like i was emotional through a lot of it but the scene is footage set up for her 
they're having a party in London, but she's performing and streaming it out to the awards in America. So it's early in the morning in the UK. She's stood on stage. Looks like maybe she's performed a song or is going to perform one later on. And there's a screen showing the award being announced. And Tony Bennett comes on. And she's, like, looking at her parents. Going, oh, Tony Bennett's in it. Oh, my God, this is ridiculous. And then they read the stuff out. And then they name uh, Justin Timberlake's album. What comes around goes around. And she takes the mick out of him a bit and goes, is that what his album's called? And it's so beautiful and pure just showing this clip. And then they announce that she's won the Grammy. And she's just stunned. And that, that bit of teared up her. And she just goes and hugs the band and it's everyone celebrating, of course. And that moment, that very split second there, and as she stood still, like, that, she was above everyone in terms of, and I don't mean in a financial way or in a commercial way. I mean, like, in quite a divine way. Like, that was yeah. what Amy Winehouse yeah. has done as an artist and what was true to her and as a person free from everything else for that moment had... Um, gone above and transcended the commercial industry and beat off the likes of Rihanna and Justin Timberlake to be acknowledged in that moment as something bigger than everyone else. And to see that happen and to see the journey she went on, and yeah, it's a Grammy, it's a very commercial recognition of it, but that was beautiful. And she, in that moment, was above it all. But that was a split second and this was the kind of story of her life and then it flipped to two things was that you then realize everyone who's celebrating with her well are the kind of industry people who would actually be happy that the fact they're gonna make a lot of money off it and things like that and her dad's there and i don't want to judge people in the documentary because then we're getting into the trap of exactly what this documentary is making a point against is judging people from the public perception but her dad didn't seem to necessarily have a best personal interest at heart a lot of the time um but then it cuts to an interview from her best friend and says that immediately after that it shows her on stage it pulls her best friend onto the stage takes her off to the side and she's a best friend's crying she can't believe how proud she is and amy winehouse just says to her this is dead boring without drugs and as friend was heartbroken and it breaks your heart as the viewer because you realize that amy winehouse in that one moment has got to that stage where she has transcended everyone else and done something bigger than anyone could and exactly what she wanted to but the lifestyle and the society and the industry that had put her there are also in the position to absolutely chop her down again. And the fact that she couldn't enjoy it because her addictions had got so much the better of her, mainly as a result of the pressure that had been put on her through the society that she was living in, was the absolute double-edged sword of it all. was like handed something and was above all these people for a split second, but they'd su- they immediately dragged down something someone who was divine and bigger than them to their own level and destroyed her in the end. And that's quite a heavy statement to say from my part, but I genuinely do believe that system in itself and everything surrounded it, whether it be the hounding of the press or whether it be how the music industry was set up to push her out and really not necessarily actively push the negative elements of her, but stop the negative elements from getting to a bigger stage where they did. They were very passive towards this. I do think that they played a massive part in destroying what is, what was and what still is something and someone very beautiful. 
and that just really got me and was quite sickening to see actually um but yeah really got me very emotional sorry if that if that no <laughs> I, I got quite long but I, it really yeah it really cut me it cut me that I agree. No, I agree with everything you just said. It, it, it was, it really was. And I think this is what the power of the documentary is because when she is told to, she has to perform again and she's been given like a million dollars per show. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, the, her record company have basically said, you need to go and do these shows and you need to go and play music from uh, Back in Black. And she, those songs no longer connect with her. Um, because she wrote them at a specific point in her life, and she hasn't been, she wasn't given time to write and produce, which is what she initially at the start of the documentary said that she loved to do. And the she ends up going back into a sort of drunken oblivion again, and then her record label and the people around her um, pull her from going go into a, a, a house pull her out of her bed, put her on a plane, and then she wakes up in Belgrade, and there's that really cutting uh, photograph of her when she's walking out the airport without any shoes and socks on because she's literally in the clothes that she was pulled out of bed wearing, yeah. because, but because she was so out of it, she couldn't actually resist. Which I think is, again, another comment about sort of power and gender and how um, all the people that were pulling the strings around her from a money perspective are all men. I think mm-hmm. there's, there's something yeah. very sort of telling to say about that in terms of masculinity and financial power and how vulnerability is very is very sort of is a a multifaceted thing um amy throughout the entire documentary is very vulnerable and that's why it's so cut in when when you talk about that scene at the grammys because there's an innocence to her. She's so happy when she gets that award, and then it just completely. And then you you're reminded of the fact. Oh, actually, she's actually a young a young woman with some pretty serious mental health and addiction issues. Um, and when she gets on the stage in Belgrade and she just refuses to sing, I think that's the sort of. I mean, it's obviously very sad, but I f- and it's, I I don't want to use the word victory because it's absolutely not that because. Um, later she ends up dying but there was a part of me that was like at first was like oh yeah thank god she's not singing because by not singing she's kind of giving the middle finger to every to her management company to the record label to every everybody that's forcing her to do this and not giving her time to recover because she's vulnerable and out of it and doesn't have the power or the strength to actually fight back um but then another part of me was like well, it's not a victory because she's still very vulnerable. And her, I mean, her, when her dad brings the, the when she goes to St. Lucia and her dad brings a film ca- crew, crew with her to sort of film her life. It's just every aspect of her life is commodified. And this is what I said at the very beginning. It's like she's product rather than human by the end. And one, I do think that the, 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 the thing that makes this documentary so pure and visceral is the fact that it takes all of that and says, right, she's being treated as product, but the issue with issues with addiction and mental health and depression and the sort of the the shots when she's so happy and um pleased to be producing music and making music and the fact that it's a kaleidoscope view of um quite grainy sort of camera footage, that that there's an innocence to that type of footage and then it's professional footage at the end. There's um 
yeah, there's a there's a vulnerability creeping through the entire thing, and and that that's the thing that adds the human factor to the story. Um, the industry has stripped her of anything that you know identified her as human. She's quite mechanical in this respect. It's almost as if she's like plugged into a machine, wheeled out onto a stage, perform, make a load of money, and then leave. And then the depression and the mental health and then the sort of the you know the problems aren't you know they're not good for business. Um, it, she's very mechanical, but the documentary completely adds the human factor to her. Absolutely, absolutely, Callum. And there's so much more I could add to this in terms of very specifics, but. I just want to round off by saying that, and I know I've covered this a lot, but it did really cut quite deep the documentary emotionally, but just rounding off the things that I've said there in terms of the film that we reviewed in the last episode, Captain Fantastic, takes an element of the human existence and then looks at a negative view on it, but then gives a positive message at the end. And it was very fulfilling in that sense because it was thoughtful. Mm. It was deep, but it gave you something to run with. Whereas this said to me, look at what can be so beautiful in life. You can have somebody who's got such a beautiful soul and can share messages that can connect with people. And even though she's troubled, she has the ability to lift herself through art and something bigger than herself, but lift other people. But yet, as humans, we have the ability to take that and destroy it and turn it into something horrible and grotesque is what was done with Amy Winehouse's talent. And the negative parts of her were really brought to the surface and obviously made bigger for the public perception, but also made bigger within her to the point that they overtook her. And in the end, she died, which is obviously so sad. And it just, the story, it just really got me. And... One thing I said to you before we started rolling, Callum, is that the the film delivers it really well in the way that it, it's so visceral in the way you see it, but it's shocking in the way that kind of like war photography or footage is. And I got a feel that like when the Vietnam War was first, photos and videos of that were shared with the US public. It was the, one of the first times that real war photography was put out there and war film in real detail. And people felt something visceral against it and obviously it's something totally different but I felt that watching this is that the story of Amy Winehouse I had an idea of and you know you can retell it in whatever form or whatever angle but to see it playing out in the press seeing it playing out in the public because that's how it was affected and watching it through this footage it's like you're watching someone fall apart and you're watching that be set up by other people and you're watching it be let and allowed to play out and filmed and shown to other people, but it's still happening, and in the end it comes to its catastrophic end. That's why I compare it to, like, war footage and war photography, is because it felt like you're watching human beings do something horrible to something beautiful, and you are just stood there watching it happen. And, hey, maybe I'm being a bit extreme on that, but that's the emotions it stirred within me. And I just think there's a real bigger point to this. Yes, you can argue all day about, okay, should we be so sympathetic to someone who's got a drug addiction? Should there be tougher love to help that out? Hey, I definitely think there should be more help for stuff like that, but I don't think that's the argument of this. I think the argument of this is just the the human 
spirit of crushing something so beautiful. I'm not saying this happens all the time, but we have the ability as people to do it. And I think the story of Amy Winehouse is a real parable in that. And there's a real moral moral to take from it. Mm. So no, take I, this back absolutely. to just the yeah. rounding the film off as I'll wrap this up now. I think it was a really well put together film. It shared the story um, brilliantly, but the access to the source materials, the really winning, that's what made it, the footage, the interviews as well, all added together. I mean, it would have been really tough to do a bad job of it. I think the real work in this, where they did well, was the production in terms of getting access to all this source material, identifying the relevant stuff and putting it together because it wasn't an elaborate documentary. It was just very well pieced together with the clear story and a clear point. So it was a 9 out of 10. The only thing that stopped it for me, and I'm sure this was a choice of the director, but just as a personal preference, I like a little bit more production value on a documentary. It's like having the text on screen was really nice, but sometimes just felt a bit tacky and naff. And I just like a little bit more production value that can go with it and hit it because I don't like being taken out of the story by thinking, oh, that's a little bit amateur. But I'm sure that was a... A choice by the director just doesn't sit as well with me, but there's a lot to take from this. And I think it's well worth anybody watching this because it's only happened 10 years ago. Something that's so relevant now, our relationship with the media has developed so much, but the media's relationship with the public and how we view other people and how we see other people through the media. It's really hit home with me, changed my views on a lot of things. So in that sense, the power of a film. But I just think it was absolutely fascinating to see and learn a lot more about a story I think that people have the wrong conception of. So, yeah, very well put together film and definitely, definitely should be shared out to other people to watch. Callum? No, indeed, I agree. And um, just to add on to that, I think uh, the film itself, you know, this is what I said earlier, I'd never really know anything about Amy Winehouse and... I still enjoyed the film because it is a story. It's a human. It's a story about, like how you say, human beings can not can be really, really horrible to each other, particularly when we're in a sort of mechanical system. And in this instance, it's the music industry. But for sure, yeah, um, you, yeah, you, I mean, it's it's a film about sort of vulnerability, and I I did like how it was pieced together in that respect. I kind of liked the 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 combination of different types of footage i think it added to the overall story because the story is within this instance it's almost as like an innocence and vulnerability and the fact that the camera footage is also quite vulnerable if that makes sense like being filmed just on a camera or camera phone and stuff it is quite amateur but i think i think that adds to the the like there are many layers of the film and the point that it's trying to make i am also i'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 but i do agree I think I do like a little bit more production value on it. I think it could have, um, and but this 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 doesn't necessarily. I would like to make the point that it doesn't devalue the message of the film in any way. Um, it's just more of an aesthetic on my part. Probably says more about sort of me than it does about the the film itself. But yeah, for sure, I I did I did kind of I just wanted a little bit more in that respect in terms of aesthetic quality. Um, just to try and break it up a little bit, because the whole film was a, a montage of different of different uh, camera footage, and you know it was powerful. But I think it, just a little bit more production aesthetically on it for me would have bumped it up to ten. 
Thank you very much, Callum. Mm. Thank you very much. Once again, our conversation takes us in directions we don't expect at the beginning, but that's what I absolutely adore about them and testament to the power of film, always putting us in different situations to think, expand, delve into, and this one was an absolute prime example of that. Very glad to do a documentary, and I'm excited to watch a documentary again in the future, as I'm sure it will spark different ideas and thoughts. But hey, let's wrap it up there. Thanks for sharing those views, Callum. Always great to chat, and we will be back again very soon to dive into some more films. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll have more coming your way very soon. Keep watching the films. Keep listening to the podcast. But until next time, see you all later.